Genesis chapter 3, from verse 1 to 7. So it's just the first few verses in uh, chapter 3. Okay. Wonderful, everybody. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm so happy we can get into this. Um, but before we, we, we get into Genesis chapter 3, um, Brother John and I felt that it would be good to just review a little bit uh, some of the verses we covered last week in chapter 2. So we've seen that God has a purpose and a desire. And we saw that God's creation came about with this purpose and desire in view. And then we saw in Genesis chapter 2, the way that God took in order to accomplish this purpose and desire. And the way it took was three steps. He firstly created man in his image according to his likeness with a body, a soul, and a spirit. And then we saw that he placed this man in, this, in the garden of Eden in front of the tree of life. This was the second step. That man would see that God's desire, God's intention for man is not that this man would do good and be such a wonderful person, but that this man would receive God into him as life, and that man would live by the source of the tree of life. And then we saw last week, we covered this in a, in a, in a brief way, this, the third step, is that God wants to work himself into this man, in order that this man would become his complement, his duplication, his counterpart. That God would gain such a counterpart through working himself into this created vessel, man. So related to this working himself into man, we see something really profound, brothers and sisters. And that is that this, this person, Eve, typifies the church. Now we've seen, especially in the New Testament, Paul tells us that Christ was typified by Adam. Well, let's put it this way. Adam typifies Christ. Adam was a type of Christ to come. Now when God created Adam, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. So it was in God's heart from the very creation of man, that this man would not be alone, but that this man would have a counterpart. So, like we shared last week, 
This Adam typifies Christ. What does Eve typify? Eve typifies the church. So what do we see in this relationship between Adam and Eve? So Eve was not created in the same way that Adam was. In Genesis chapter 1, I'll just read us those verses. God said, verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. So God created this man, Adam, but what was in Adam? On the one hand, we know Adam is the whole of mankind, right? So God created a corporate man, Adam. But on the other hand, we see in verse 27, and God created man in his own image. That's the same as what he said in verse 26, right? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here we see that God's view of the creation of man was not just Adam, the singular aspect. There was a plural. God said, fire, this them was Adam and Eve. So it's like chapter two is expounding a little bit to us what's happening in, on the sixth day of creation. It's showing us the details. How did God create them, male and female? Well, he created the male, and then God said, it's not good for this man to be alone. So he put this man to sleep, and then he took something out of this man. And what he took out of this man was what was used, formed with clay like Adam. But Eve was built of which what came out of Adam. Something was brought forth. Something came out of Adam. And that which came out of Adam, that was. So, Ephesians 5, Paul is speaking about husband and wife. And he's saying this is related to Christ and the church. Now, the church, just as Eve was produced out of Adam, and Eve was built with this element, you can say, of Adam, the element of Christ. Saints, I'm sorry, my connection seems to be a bit, a bit slow tonight. I don't know if I need to reset my route or something. Maybe Brother John should go on if it's not good enough. I don't know. Is it, is it okay, Saints? Or maybe, Brother John, do you want to continue? And then maybe I'll, I'll just see if, if it helps to, to maybe just reset my computer. Oh, the, um, the router. All right. What, what this part mentioned is chapter 2 talking about the procedure, the way of God to fulfill his purpose. Adrian mentioned in three steps. In Genesis 2, show us the three steps 
that God took for him to accomplish his purpose. And step one is um, he created man to be a container, to be a vessel. And step two is he placed man in front of the tree of life that man may receive him as life. He not only created man, but he placed man in front of the tree of life so that man can receive him as life. And the third step that he want to work himself into man so that this man will be his complement, will be his counterpart. This is so high, the revelation. God did not just create man and let man, okay, now you are alive, you can move now, goodbye, you go. God has a purpose. His purpose is so he won himself to be one with men. So he placed men in the tree of life, one man to receive him as life. Not yet finished, but he won that this man who took him as life, this man will be his counterpart, will be his complement, will be his extension, will be his duplication. This is, is in heart. Not just take him as life, but he want this man to be his extension. And that's the way that the Lord caused this man to have the woman. That's why he's saying it's not good for him to be alone. So he make uh, out of his rib. So he bring a rib and build as a woman. In this junction, in this junction, Adam typified Christ. And this woman typified the extension of Christ. It typified the coming out of Adam. That is the church. When Adam saw Eve, then he said, this time, this is born of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Adam recognized this one is me. Did you see? It's, it's me. This woman is not another furniture or another creature, but it's me. In life, it's me. In nature, it's me. What God wants, he expressed in this picture. Saints, what is the church? The church is not just a group of people come together and call themselves the church. The church is something out of the life of Christ. They express Christ. When God saw them, it's me. Well, lion is good, it's nice, giraffe is tall, but they are not me. They are just a living creatures. They have a lot of movement. They have a lot of activities, but they are not me. Did you see when God created man, he expressed his heart desire. He worked himself into man as life. 
and that man will be his counterpart. Let me just tell you about this part. The procedure that record in this part revealed to us the seven process of God. Number one, he became a man. That is showing us that he created Adam, that he is the last Adam. When God created Adam, show us that one day he will become a man. That is the first process. The second process is after he became a man, he went to sleep. That is Christ went to the cross. That is the second process that how God obtained his goal to make this man to be his counterpart. Number one, he became a man. Did they ever consider that Christ, God became a man, not just to save you and me, but he want to gain his counterpart. He want to gain his complement. Secondly, he went to the cross. He died, he slept. I thought when he died on the cross, it's just for me to save me. No, it is also for his complement, for his counterpart. He gave up, he gave himself for the church, not only for redeeming you, but for the church. And number three, the third step is he bring a rip out of the Adam's side. And that typified that he flow out his life, that bone, that rib signify his life. Bone signify life. When Christ was on the cross, soldier pierced his side. And then the water, the blood come with the water. That is the rib that comes out. He flow out in order for him to have his compliment, he did not just say, let the compliment come. No, he went through the process. When he do the old creation, he just say a word. But when he want to gain his compliment, he went through six process. The third process is he flow out himself from his side. And the fourth process is when Adam wake up, <clears throat> wonderful. When he wake up, that means Christ was resurrected. The third process, second process, he went to sleep. Third process, he flew out. Fourth process, he resurrected. Praise the Lord, he resurrected. He come out from the dead. For what? A grain of wheat fall into the ground. For what? For multiply. That resurrection typify he start to multiply. And then the fifth step that he produced the church. He built up in his resurrection. 
He built the rib. He did not create the rib. Eve was not being created, but Eve was built up. Did you see that verse? Verse 22. Chapter 2, verse 22. 2, 2, 2. Jehovah God built the rib which he had taken from the man. He built that rib into a woman and brought her to the man. Adam was created, but Eve was built. It was built. So that is more fine. The church is more fine. Just like woman is more fine than men. Because it has been properly built. God gained the church just like Adam obtained the wife, Eve. And then the last one, which is the most wonderful thing, in verse 22, and brought her to the man. And then, of course, 23, he said, this time, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Wow. This is the life that come out of my life. This is the nature that come out of my nature. And this one shall be called woman, because out of this man, this one was taken. And then verse 24, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That is the sixth step. That they become one. Praise the Lord. Christ and the church become one. One plus one, one. Amen. Christ and the church is just one. He did not say two of you shall be together. Make sure care for one another. The Lord did not rise up a marriage ceremony. Okay, Adam, this is wife. All right, okay, promise me okay, that you're going to love him. Say, yes, I do. And if better listen, you're going to tell me, you're going to submit to your husband. Say, yes, I do. There is no wedding ceremony there. But the Lord just told, two of you shall become one. Saints, this is our marriage picture. Marriage is not just, I like you, you like me, let's come together. Okay, you buy a ring for me, I buy a ring for you. But marriage in God's eyes is one. Two of you shall become one. We, we receive the highest gift from God. This is oneness. God has many attributes. The highest attributes is triune, three and one, one and three. And he gave this to men. That is Christ and the church, Adam and Eve, two of them shall become one. This is the highest gift we receive from God. You break the marriage, you break the oneness. And this is the sixth process that God took that he can obtain his complement. Praise the Lord for this sixth process revealed to us in chapter 2 of Genesis. 
Okay, Adrian, you're back. Praise the Lord. You're mute, Adrian. Okay, there we go. All right. Um, so uh, I hope the connection is a bit better. Anyway, if it lags again, maybe I'll just, uh, you can just let me know, Saints, and then I can just maybe um, share a little bit with my video off or something. So praise the Lord for all these uh, steps that God took in order to produce the church. And brothers and sisters, what really touches me related to this is that the church cannot be built with anything other than Christ. We cannot build up the church with our natural life, with something that comes out of us. Um, we might have some ability, some skill, some good virtues, some good uh, characteristics some good character and when we get saved we might bring those things with us into the church and we feel now we can use this that that is kind of something that i just have in my natural ability to build up the church but brothers and sisters god's question is not whether something is good or evil but God's question is, what is the source of that work? What is the source of your living? What is the source of that good attribute or that good virtue which you are bringing to build up the church with? Is it Christ? And that is God's question. If it is something that has been dealt with by the Lord, it is, if it is something that has passed through the cross and is in resurrection now, built with this, with, this, with this resurrection life, this bone of Adam, then God will recognize this. God will accept this. This will be something precious, and this will be something that builds up the church. Unfortunately, if we don't see this, brothers and sisters, this is a very serious matter. If we do not see this, then eventually what will happen is we will bring all these things to the church, which will not build the church, but it will begin to tear down the church. Instead of building up the church, will end up causing damage to the church. Because the church is a pure product of Christ. It is, it is Christ that makes God happy. When Christ was on the earth, there were a number of times that God the Father declared, this is my beloved son in whom I have found my delight. It was, God was just delighting in his son. His son made him so happy because his son, he was the one who actually fulfilled God's purpose 
and God's desire by living according to God as life. This son that God, of God that was incarnated and became a man, he actually expressed God. The image of Christ was just God. Christ came. He was the, the image of the invisible God. So he made God so happy. He, the, the father found his delight in that son of his. But brothers and sisters, God did not delight only in the creation of Adam. And just like in the creation of Adam, Adam was, like we said, it wasn't like Adam was created with any defects. Adam was perfect, but he wasn't complete. So the beloved son in whom the father has found his delight is perfect, but he wasn't complete. And so God's desire and longing is that this son would be duplicated, would become the many sons. He would not just be the only begotten, but he would be the firstborn in resurrection. Something would flow out of him and produce something that God calls the church. And we have to realize that this is the church. And this is the way that God is building the church. He is building the church with the element of Christ. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, show us this. Unveil us. Show us your desire. Isn't this such a profound revelation here in the book of Genesis? In the first two chapters, we see how God works out his desire, his purpose, and the way he takes this way of life. The way of God is the way of life. He creates man with the ability to receive him as life, as the tree of life. And then he works that life into this man. And this element becomes man's constitution, which eventually God says in Genesis 1, 20, uh, Genesis 1, 31, and God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. God finds satisfaction and rest. In this complete, this complete creation of Adam and Eve. Okay. Praise the Lord, saints. That is really wonderful. So now, uh, when we come to, the, to, to Genesis chapter 3, we actually see another marvelous matter. And that is the fall of man. Okay, I know it doesn't sound so, it's not like, whoa, praise the Lord for the fall of man. But this chapter is so crucial for us to see for the Lord to expose the enemy and for the Lord to show us what is our true condition. What is the condition of fallen man today? And so this will cause us to be desperate before the Lord. And to, to really ask the Lord and be really open to the Lord. To come to him as the tree of life and receive him as the tree of life. Okay, so this fall of man, there were actually, it says, under I don't know if you have a recovery version Bible, but in the recovery version Bible, 
in the beginning of Genesis, we have a little outline. And this is like a roadmap showing us where we are going so we don't get lost in all the different things and don't know what's going on. I don't know how many of God's people realizes that there were not just one fall of man, but there was a progression. Man fell, then man fell again. Man fell again. And eventually, we had the climax of man's fall revealed to us in Genesis chapter 11, with man just being instigated by Satan to just utterly rebel against God. So through these next few chapters, we'll see this progression of man's fall. Now, the first fall is God falling from man's, from God's presence, sorry, from God's presence to his conscience. So God's desire was that man would live in the presence of God, that man would live by the presence of God, that man would live because of God. But the fall of man caused there to be an insulation between God and man. Okay, so this is the this is the first fall. Okay, and so we see that this fall took place firstly by the serpents or Satan's temptation. Um, and so this is so we'll we'll see three things. We'll see uh, we'll look at the. Um, what was the, the cause? What caused man to fall? And then we'll see what is the, the, the kind of the process? How did this come about? And then we'll see what is the result? What was the result of man's fall? So the cause of man's fall was, well, on the one hand, it was Satan, right? He came. This subtle serpent came and he tempted this man. Even in in Matthew, the Lord Jesus calls him the, the, the or, or, or it says that the, the, the tempter came to tempt the Lord. So this is just the serpent's nature. And so just as the Lord God was incarnated uh, into man, God became one with man. So Satan, you can say, was kind of incarnated into this snake. The most it says here, now the serpent was more crafty than the other animals that Jehovah had created. So he came as a snake. He came in a crafty way. It's very interesting. Satan always, everything it does, is very quick. It seems that he, he reacts. Before God can get into man, and before man could partake of the tree of life, and we see, we'll see later, that man did not partake of the tree of life because God closed the way and man did not have eternal life unless man, God says, unless man would live with his sin forever. So God, man had not yet received eternal life, the tree of life into him. So before man partook of the tree of life, Satan came in, in a very sneaky way, in a subtle way. So whenever God wants to do something, Satan does his uttermost to hinder God from fulfilling his purpose. Remember, God's purpose and desire is accomplished through life. So before this created man 
which needs to receive God into him as life to, to become the very image, the very expression of God, to, to have God's dominion, to exercise God's authority on the earth before this created man could receive that life into him by which this would be accomplished, the subtle enemy comes in. Now, I don't know about you, but my experience is very much whenever I do things in a hasty way, or let's say very, very often, I just make hasty decisions. The other day, I, well, maybe even some months ago, I wanted to do something and it looked like such a good idea. Everything made sense. It was the right thing to do. It was the right time to do this thing. And everything was kind of falling in place. And, but it was so interesting. I, I, I didn't really contact the Lord. So there wasn't this, this contact between me and the Lord in order to consider, Lord, is this what you're doing? Anyway, eventually there was a little prayer in me. My wife prayed also. We prayed together and eventually praised the Lord. He had a way to stop us. <laughs> okay, He had a way that we would not go down that path that we were on. But, but often we are just rushing into things. God, we need to give God a little bit of time. I really appreciate that God, you give God some time. He will display his multifarious wisdom. To us, it seems, God, you're too slow. Why did you allow the serpent to come, to come and, and corrupt man, corrupt his soul, cause his body to become flesh, cause his spirit to become deadened? Why didn't you? Do something about this. You knew this was going to happen. But you know what? God allowed all this to happen. And eventually, it's almost like God would say to Satan, is this all that you could do? Now, let me show you what I will do when I put my life into this created, corrupted vessel. I will display to the whole universe my multifarious wisdom the wisdom of god will be displayed when the church will exhibit god when the church will be the image of this god and the church will exercise god's authority on the earth okay so let's get back to the the the, the subtle enemy so we know this tempter he came and he tempted eve he said to her and this is what, what he does. He says to us, he says to her, uh, did God really say you shall not eat of the tree of, of any tree of the garden? So what the tempter does is he puts in us a question mark concerning God's word. This is what he does. He is the, you know, another name for, 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 for Satan is the devil, right? It means the uh, uh, slanderer. He, he, he slanders us before God. He accuses us. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He accuses them before God day and night. This is all he does. Okay. He just tells God about how terrible we are. And he keeps accusing us. But he also accuses, so he accuses us before God, but he also accuses God. To us, he causes us to doubt God's word. Did God really say? 
Is that really, is that really? Okay, I think I'm running ahead a little bit. Um, uh, so he, 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 he brings about this proposal. What about, did God really say that? Well, maybe, uh, I, think, I think you should try this. I have a proposal for you. Making a proposal, right? Okay, now we come to the second aspect of the cause of man's fall. And that is this, well, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Eve, but brothers and sisters, we should realize that we are all Eve. We saw that God says, Jehovah is your maker. This is your maker. Jehovah, your maker is your husband. Okay, this is God's view with regards to his relationship with his people. God's relationship with Israel is that God, their maker, is their husband. God is our husband. And so what Eve, Eve was created as the woman. And she should have assumed the position of the woman. And when, as soon as the enemy came to her and started to put some thoughts into her, made a proposal to her, doubting God's word, you know what she should have done? She should have run straight away to her husband. Run to her husband. Go under the covering of her husband. But you know what? She left the covering of her husband. She left the covering of, of being the woman. And so this is what, what so often happens to us, brothers and sisters. This is so often the cause of our failure. And you know what? Sometimes we don't have a failure, but we still don't take God as our head. We as God's people are really the women, and we need to have the position of a woman toward God. Eve should have not assumed the headship. We should never assume the headship. Brothers and sisters, so often we just assume this position. We assume a position that God never intended for us to have. God intended for man to have the position of a woman before him. God intended for, for man to be under the covering of God so that we would not be drawn into this, into this temptation. But as soon as we leave that covering, you know what? Even if we succeed in overcoming certain things, sometimes maybe we have a problem with our temper. Sometimes we have, I tell you, this is my experience. You just don't know how to be with your children. How do I deal with this child? This child is just not, you know, I don't know how to, how to be with him. Should I be more strict? Should I be less strict? Lord, I don't know how, to, how to, to handle this. You know what? When we, even maybe sometimes we know how to handle it. That is, in God's eyes, that's sinning. Because we are not taking the position of being under God, of being covered by God, of taking him as our head. So, brothers and sisters, it is not just 
Satan's fault, right? We can't just blame Satan. Yes, Satan is the tempter. But what is our position? So we want to see, brothers and sisters, we want to see that our position should be that of the woman. Related to God, we are the woman. We are in the position of a woman and God is our head. And we, we don't have to face this temptation by ourselves and in ourselves. We can and we have to learn to run to our husband and say, Lord, I'm not going to deal with my temper by myself. Lord, I'm taking you as my head. I'm taking you as the source. This is the way that God wants us to take. So you see how this is also related to the trees, right? The tree of life is a tree of dependence. The tree of knowledge is the tree of independence. Okay, and we'll speak more about this. I don't know, if Brother John, you want to continue or should I just carry on with the process, brother? to say something Amen, all right genesis chapter three is the second part of genesis genesis can be divided into three parts the first part is in the beginning god that is chapter one the second part is chapter three now the serpent wonderful to have chapter one and two show us god's purpose and god's way to achieve his purpose then secondly in the first part we have god in the beginning god the second part is serpent the serpent came now the serpent and the third part of Genesis is chapter 12. Now Jehovah. So Genesis divided into three parts. Chapter 12, verse 1. is says, now Jehovah said or called Abram. If you get these three parts, you see the map of Genesis. God has a purpose. And Satan comes. To destroy, destruct God's purpose. Don't think Satan is sleeping. Satan is always alert. He's looking for every opportunity to destruct God's move. And then the third part is from chapter 12, chapter 3, all the way to chapter 11. In this section, we saw man fall four times. After man fall four times, man is totally ruined. Mankind is totally ruined. That God has created. And God came to call Abraham. And this time it's not God, it's Jehovah. It is Jehovah that God has relationship with man. In chapter one is Elohim. And then chapter three, the serpent came in. And then chapter 12, Jehovah came to call Abraham for another beginning. 
God did not give up, but he come to call Abraham. And this time that calling, he come as Jehovah. Anyway, we will get there. Um, now we come to the second part that is the serpent. And God created the universe for his purpose. And God take the way of life in order that man can receive him as life. And before man received God as life, Satan came very quickly. And that is how Adrian gave us his testimony. I think we all have the same. The moment we decide in a hasty way, in a very quick way. Normally, we will just make the way for Satan to frustrate what God wants to do. I don't mean it's wrong. I just say that become a distraction for us, delay God's move in us. One day I asked a brother, every time when I want to make decision, always two thoughts come into my mind, left or right, you know. And then that brother mentioned a verse for me. Don't talk quickly. Don't react too quickly. Don't decide too quickly. Because the first man, Adam, is a living soul. The second man, Adam, is a life-giving spirit. Did you get the answer? (laughs) Why don't we let the Lord come in, have the preeminence? The first man, Adam, is living soul. It's so living, it's so alive, it's so reaction quickly. It's a living soul, but it is natural. And this is what we saw in chapter 3, verse 1. Before God wants to dispense himself into men, Satan comes in very quickly. And the serpent is the embodiment of Satan. Before the Lord Jesus, or God incarnated, embodied is that man Jesus. In chapter, in, in, in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and tabernacle among us. Before God became a man, embodied in this man Jesus, Satan in Genesis 3 already embodied himself in the serpent. Did you see how quick he is? Before the Lord come to be our grace, our real bread of life, Satan already jumped in so quickly. So don't fall into his trap. And he come with a crafty than any other animal of the field that Jehovah had made. And he said to the woman, under the word he, he said to the woman, write it in your Bible, he is a beautiful serpent. <laughs> Don't think he come with horn and with fork. He is so beautiful that he can speak to the woman. If he looks scary, he's going to run away. 
he should be looks very attractive. So he can converse, he can communicate, he can talk to the woman. You know, and this kind of talking is a kind of proposal. It is not only natural proposal, it is a very spiritual proposal. Do you know that the serpent, the first word that come out of his mouth is a God? Did you ever consider, don't think he's so bad. In fact, he's so bad, but he can cloak with religion. Chapter two, chapter three, verse one. When Satan starts speak, he said, did God really say, oh, did you see he's so spiritual? Just like when the Lord Jesus became a man in the 40 days of being tested in the wilderness. If you're the son of God, did you see? He is so spiritual. He always come with a cloak of religion. And he said, did God really say? Don't think Satan don't know God. He knows God. And you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Okay. Now this question is like the shape of the snake. He gives you a question mark. Now just, is this, the, is this true? Is this the right one? Did God really say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? You know, many, okay. when we love the Lord, there is no question mark. Then when Satan starts to talk to us, that snake starts to up. It becomes a question mark. Just like scorpion, also question mark. It comes with that way, cause us to doubt. Many people, they leave the Lord, they leave the church. Everything starts from question mark. Is this the real church? Is this the way? The moment question mark comes, our heart in loving the Lord being discounted. I don't mean gone, I just been being discount, get less, okay. because that is his first step. He will not come with an ugly face. He come with a beautiful proposal. Why did Google say about you? And is this the real one? Throughout decades, many saints fall into this trap. That kind of speaking is the injection of Satan. God did not cause us to doubt. God's economy is not a questioning. God's economy is a revelation. It not cause us to, to just question mark. Only God his word is truth, nothing to question. Satan come with a way of question mark. Why this brother talking this way and why this one and why this one? Did God really say? And then 
that kind of question mark rise out, rise up a doubt. That question caused us doubting, doubting God's heart, doubting God's word. And that doubting corrupt our purity. That doubting destroy our pure and simple. You know, we are just like virgin. We love the Lord. Don't you think people say we are crazy? We love the Lord we never see? Something wrong. Yes, because we are pure and we are simple. At least you must see something. Look, when the old servant of Abraham, he met Rebecca, and he wanted to introduce Rebecca to Isaac. And Rebecca just said, okay, I go. If I'm Rebecca, I'm not going. Who is that? How tall is Isaac? Is he a smart guy? Okay. Is he looks ugly? Or is he looks nice? But today, we just like Rebecca. We just love the Lord. Did you realize you just attend the meeting? Somehow you become love the Lord more? And all your questions just gone? Praise the Lord. The way to love the Lord is with a pure and simple heart. We just simply loving him every day. And then in verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, that means he fall into the trap. Adria said, that woman should not say to speak to Satan. Don't think you're smart. He just want to talk to you. He just said, just say something to me. You know, but that woman should run away. That woman should say, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Husband Adam, where are you? I'm sorry, I, I left you. I ran away. And there's a stranger talking to me. But that kind of engagement, she opened Satan to inject the satanic, the serpentine nature into her. You cannot stop. You cannot avoid the bird fly over your head, but you can prevent them to roost their nest on top of your head. Satan can come talk to you. That is the bird fly above your head, but you don't let that bird sitting on your head and build his nest. And now this woman say to serpent, she said, I, I know God, I know the Bible, I have some knowledge. Let me explain this to you. God said, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. She thought she is smart. She don't know she fall into the trap. She let that bird to roost her, their nest on her head. And Satan saying, good, okay. you are so spiritual, I got you. You have response. Well, this is the cause of man fall. And this woman 
typify our experience. We are all in God's eyes. We all are women because Jehovah, he is the creator, is the maker and he's our husband. We want to honor his preeminence, his headship. Lord, you are my covering. Without you, I have no cover. Now in the church life, the more we cover, the more we've been protected and the more we've been loving the Lord. Learn to hide ourselves. You know, only Christ is the head. He is our real covering. Uh, let me just allow Adrian to say something more. Adrian, you can say something more. Amen. So brothers and sisters, we see that man's fall was initiated by Satan's tempting of man. And this was kind of the, the outward uh, cause of man's fall, is this speaking by Satan. But then we see that inwardly, Eve's response should have been, Jehovah, my maker is my husband. Well, okay, that's, that should be our response, right? But she had Adam as her head. She should have run away from this, the serpent. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn this. Learn that we are, that we are the women. We are, God is our head. We, we don't need to engage Satan. Maybe even like Brother John is saying, he's not coming to us as this great fierce dragon. He's coming in a very spiritual, in a very subtle way. He's coming in a very even beautiful way that causes us to want to engage with him. We should not take that way. We should not trust ourselves, but we should run away and just say, Lord, you are a husband. Tell Satan, Satan, I have a husband. I'm not going to discuss this with you. This is not open for discussion. And I appreciated what Brother John was, was, was bringing out is that something within us causes us this question, this doubting from Satan. It causes us to doubt God's word and it causes us to doubt his heart toward us. Maybe God is withholding something from me. Maybe God's heart is not so good toward me. Lord, what are you withholding from me? Maybe the enemy's question regarding your word. Maybe it's true. Maybe you are withholding something. And so eventually we see that just like Eve, we all go down this path. And eventually what happened to Eve is, okay, so what was the, what was the process? Okay, before we get to the result, the process was that Eve did not use her spirit. Okay, God created us tripartite, body, soul, spirit. His intention with creating us, in creating us with a spirit, was that our spirit would have the preeminent place, the preeminent position in our being, our being 
should have the spirit as the first place. If we live and walk by the spirit, you know what? Satan will have no way with us. He will have no ground in our being. Our spirit is joined to the Lord. And our spirit is what connects us with God. In John 4, the Lord told the woman at the well, God is spirit, right? And he's longing for those who would worship him in spirit and in truthfulness. So God is looking for those who would, who would worship God with their spirit because God is spirit. If we want to know God, if we want to communicate with God, what, what, what part of our being do we use? What part of our being do we use to distinguish colors? I can listen as hard as I want to listen to the red and the blue and try to figure out what, what, what are the colors that are coming toward me or what are the colors on the screen? Or, Well, I will listen as much as I want. I will never discern the colors. I need to use the right organ, right? God created man with a spirit. God's intention was that man would live by his spirit. So the first process, the first thing that man did is he did not use his spirit, okay? So what's the first thing that you and I should do? We should use our spirit. If you use your spirit, you know what? Actually, you are under the headship of God. That will place you under the Lord's headship. There's a very easy way to do this. You can just say, Lord Jesus. Paul says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Except in the Holy Spirit, no one can say that Jesus is Lord. So when we declare Jesus as Lord, that means we're in our spirit. And so this is the part of our being that God desires us to use. And this is what will save us. This is what will preserve us. Okay, then what was the, the, the second thing is in this process is Eve exercised her soul. So she took in this thought. Like Brother John said, Eve, she said to the serpent. So already there's some engaging. There's a thought that came into her mind. And it started to operate, started to cause her to have some feelings. Okay, so her soul started to become engaged. She used her soul to engage the enemy. So she started to think about his thought. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Verse four, verse five, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God knowing good and evil. The enemy, Satan, is a liar. It is his being. The Lord Jesus said that he is the father of lies. And he's been lying since the foundation of the earth. This is just who he is. Do not think that Satan will change. He is not going to improve. He's not going to all of a sudden stop lying to us. Everything that proceeds out of him is a lie. Brothers and sisters, we should not allow his thoughts to come into our minds because it is a blatant lie. In fact, it's not just a blatant lie. It is a subtle lie that seems to be so close to the truth, 
Oh, it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's true. God said it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So if I partake of it, I'll have the knowledge of good and evil. That's true what he says. Maybe what he says is true. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes. So what happened is her whole soul now began to engage. She considered the story in her mind. And then her emotion started to desire. It was a delight. Okay. And that the tree was to be desired. So now we see an emotion coming, a desire to make oneself wise, and she took. So then her will acted. This is what happens to us, right? A thought comes, we start thinking about this. We start considering things. And then our emotions start to feel good about it. Maybe we go to a store. We start thinking about a product. We start thinking about a clothing item. We start thinking about something to buy. Oh, it's on sale. Oh, that's a good idea. This is a very good price. What if I don't find it at this price again? Maybe I should buy it. Oh, it is really nice. I think I should buy it. You, you have some feeling toward it now. But are you contacting your head? Is there, some, is there some joining to the Lord? Does the Lord have a way in your thinking? Does he have a way in our, in our, in our feeling? And then we will and we take it. But you know what happens? We get home and we're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why don't I buy this item? There's some feeling within us of death. Okay. You shall not surely die. <laughs> take this. You shall not surely die. Okay. And, okay. And, uh, and she took of its fruit and ate and she gave to her husband with her and he ate. Okay, so now something went into them. Okay, so eventually their body acted. So their soul was exercised. They didn't use their spirit and, 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 and now they, their body acted. Okay, I think, um, Brother John, you can continue. Maybe we'll leave the result for next week. I'm not, I, I didn't realize we kind of ran out of time. Now, so. right. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I like to read that one in footnote six one. If you have your footnote in your Bible, it says the process of man's fall. Man failed to use his spirit to contact God. Thus, by passing God and put God aside, that is the process that man bypassed God and put God aside. That is the process. Instead, he don't come to him. He put God aside. Then what did he do? Then he exercised his soul, reasoning with the serpent in the mind. You highlight the word mind. How did he use his mind? He reasonings. Did you see in verse 3, she's reasoning with serpent. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, okay, he's reasoning. You shall not eat of it, nor you shall not touch it, 
you're gonna die lest you lest you die see she started reasoning that reasoning at that moment her will already been corrupted and then the next verse is in verse 6 and when the woman saw the tree that was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired you underline the word desire that is his her emotion back to the footnote number one is in the mind and then desiring the tree of the knowledge in the emotion you highlight the word emotion so the mind polluted the emotion polluted and then the last one and deciding in the will highlight the word will to take the fruit and eat it that is in this verse verse 6 desire to make oneself wise so she took of its tree that's the will finally the will endorse it give him give her a stamp and then they took the fruit the fruit and eat it you know and then she gave some to her husband with her and he ate then he spread it and she spread it wow look at how the enemy steer us in verse 5 for god knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be open god knows the serpent caused man to doubt god's word god want you to hear to follow him blindly if you eat your eyes will be open don't follow him blindly when your eyes open then you will be like god write on your bible what a lie what a lie that he said god doesn't want you to be like god knowing good and evil and writing your bible so that you can be independent you don't need to depend on god what a lie in your footnote sorry in your in your bible recovery version bible that you will become like god that word like on top there's a that is cross reference a 5a and you go to 5a it quoted two three verses two in the old testament and one in the new testament one is in isaiah 14 one is in isaiah 28 this is how satan used this word to deceive men that he doesn't want men to be like god he said because i know in isaiah 14 and ezekiel 24 i want to be like god in position so i don't need to be depend on him but god's heart that he has created men 
that we have his life and his nature, but not in the Godhead. And Satan said, no, God don't want you to be like him. God wants us to be not only like him, but to be his continuation in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. Did you see what a lie? No. When we talk about this, that God became man and man, so that man be, become God, so many people were quite confused because of this verse. Saints, we have to know, we will, we will be like God that is in life and nature, but not in position. And Satan mixed this thing together and deceived people. So many people cannot take this truth. Wash away God's heart desire. God created us according to his image and likeness so that we can be like him that we can receive his life and his nature, but not possessing his Godhead in position. This is how Satan, you want to reason with Satan, you lose. He just caused us to doubt God's heart. And when we talk about God loves people, God loves the sinners, he died for sinners, everybody say amen. But when you say God became a man to make man God, they say, oh, what is that? What is that? Okay. This is from verse 5, 3, 5. That is a lie. Satan put this kind of mixture together and lied. we call it white lies. God wants us to be like him in life and nature, but not in position. And Satan saying, no, God doesn't want you to be like him. I was there. That's why I've been cast out. So God do not want you to take that tree. So when you take that tree, you will have the knowledge of good and evil. And he input that don't follow God blindly. You even do not. If you take that tree, you don't need to depend on God. That is the principle of independence. Now, life is always depending. God wants us to depend on him. God wants us to honor his preeminence. That is, we depend on him. We depend on him does not mean we are weak. We depend on him because we are living. All life are depending. No, only something that is no life they are independent. But if you are alive, you are depending. Every member of my body are depending. As long as they're living, if they are dead, they don't need any depending. They become independent. Satan bring forth independent in order to take away life. That is another principle. He leads people to death. No. with the using of white lies. Praise the Lord, today we saw the truth. We're not only being created by God, have his image and likeness, we're going to be like God. First chance saying, one day we're going to be like him. Because we have his life, we have his nature, and we are in the process 
of maturity. We're going to be like him. We're going to bear his image and likeness, but not in his Godhead. Since I think that's clear enough. Okay. And then next week, we will see um, how God came in to handle this matter. I think we should stop here. And okay, I wish we can spend more time in our groups. Okay.